A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, All you who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come, receive grain and eat. Come without paying and without cost, drink wine and milk. Why spend your money for what is not bread, your wages for what fails to satisfy? Heed me, and you shall eat well. You shall delight in rich fare. Come to me heedfully, listen, that you may have life. I will renew with you the everlasting covenant, the benefits assured to David. As I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of nations, so shall you summon a nation you knew not, and the nations that knew you not shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. For just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. Make known among the peoples his deeds. 
Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Marco. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. It's not without accident that Holy Mother Church places this beautiful feast of the baptism of the Lord right after the Epiphany, which we celebrated yesterday. Epiphany means uh, a manifestation or an appearing, huh? Well, Jesus' baptism inaugurates his three years of public ministry. His baptism as an adult man, perfect God, perfect man, is a manifestation. His baptism is an appearing. His baptism is an epiphany. And this is a very beautiful reality as to why the church places his baptism 
right after his infant epiphany with the three kings, huh? This week, I hope to make a little mini retreat for all of you, including our viewers, with these six homilies, Monday through Saturday inclusive. I ask you to pray for my messages these six days. The overall title we could call this little mini retreat, if you will, is The Healing Power of Jesus. Because we hear from Mark all this week, the Gospel of Mark, the Evangelist Mark. And if you know Mark's Gospel, although the shortest of the four, it's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, beginning with Jesus' baptism that we just heard proclaimed in chapter 1 at the beginning of chapter 1. Again, his baptism sends him out to begin his three years of public ministry, that manifestation, that epiphany, that appearing as an adult. Sacred tradition tells us that his public ministry was three years. It began when he was age 30, and of course he died at age 33. This is part of sacred tradition within the life of Holy Mother Church. So today I want to talk about Jesus' baptism, the fact that his public ministry begins through that event. Tuesday, Jesus' healing powers and miracles. Wednesday, the healing continues. What can I give to Jesus? Thursday, conversion and penance, giving more to Jesus. Friday, the gift of faith. And Saturday, the obedience of faith. And how our Blessed Mother Mary is the perfect example of perfect obedience of faith. Huh? You know, Jesus humbles himself to receive John's baptism today, John's baptism of repentance, not to be purified of any sin because he has no sin. Again, perfect God, perfect man, had a full human nature just like ours in every way but sin. So why was he baptized? Rather to purify us. In other words, Jesus sets by example what we need to do to be a true follower of him. I love this. St. Gregory Nazianzen, early church father, says, Christ was baptized that he might plunge the old Adam, all of us, entirely into the waters. He's the new Adam. Again, St. Gregory Nazianzen, Christ was baptized that he might plunge the old Adam, all of us who have the effects of the original sin, all of us who had the original sin at birth, Christ was baptized that he might plunge the old Adam entirely into the waters. And Christ is the new Adam. Because of Christ's baptism, we can be confident that at our own baptism, the Lord grasped us by the hand and healed us from the devil's oppression, and he lifted us up. Do you know your baptismal anniversary date? I hope you do, and I hope you celebrate it every year. It's more important than your actual birthday, <laughs> in one sense, spiritually speaking. We should all know our baptismal anniversary date. We give the Lord glory and praise on this feast of his own baptism, for having made us his beloved sons and daughters, well-pleasing to him. The, one of the evening prayer antiphons for tonight's Liturgy of the Hours, Vesper, says this, In the river Jordan, our Savior crushed the serpent's head and wrested us free from his grasp. It's not by accident, then, that tomorrow, on Tuesday, one of his first public miracles is casting out demons. We'll hear that tomorrow. 
The placement in Scripture is always for a reason. In the River Jordan, our Savior crushed the serpent's head and wrested us free from his grasp. Now, six reasons why Jesus was baptized. I've already said one of them to set an example for us, right? It's also the second epiphany, the first epiphany of him as an adult man, okay? True God and true man, huh? What he was, he remained, God. What he was not, he assumed, he took on, human nature, okay? It's a famous quote from many of the church fathers. Each one say it in their own way, in his own way, but what he was, he remained, God. He's one person, a divine person, the second person of the Trinity, but with two natures, both subsisting in that one divine personage, his human nature and his divine nature. So six reasons why Jesus was, was baptized. Number one, to confirm John the Baptist in his ministry as the great precursor to Christ. In other words, John was authentic. That's what Jesus is saying by coming to John. John is authentic. He's the last of the prophets, and he's the only prophet right on the threshold between the Old Testament and the New Testament. After him, there are no other prophets. I'm the God-man. I am now appearing. I'm it. So he's, he, he's baptized by going to John, right? And John indeed baptizes him. He's authenticating John's own ministry, John's own calling as the great precursor to his cousin. Number two, why was Jesus baptized? To reveal his identity as the God-man, the second person of the most holy trinity. Because we hear the words of the Father saying, Behold my beloved Son, and then we see the Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, descending as though in the form of a dove. So he's baptized to manifest that he is indeed the Son. Okay, that's another important point. Don't you love it? This is great. Okay, number three, to give us an example of humility par excellence. He didn't have to be baptized. He had no personal sin. He had no actual sin. He had no mortal sin. He had no venial sin. He didn't have the original sin. Again, just like us in all ways, in his human nature, but sin, right? So he humbled himself to be baptized when he didn't have to be. Again, to set that example. Number four, to anticipate his passion and death that would be forthcoming. Number five, to institute baptism precisely as a sacrament. And we know that it's one of the three sacraments of initiation, along with the sacrament of confirmation and the sacrament of the Eucharist. And number six, he was baptized to bind Satan's power over humankind, to bind it so that Satan would not have free reign. And ultimately, he crushes Satan. The fact that Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River is given an account in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, should tell us that this Christ event is of great, great importance. And what is that importance? The answer to this question lies in the truth that our Lord voluntarily submitted himself to John's baptism as an action intended for sinners of which he was not. Very important. In order to fulfill all righteousness. St. Gregory Nazianzen again, Christ comes to bury sinful humanity in the waters. In short, Jesus' gesture of voluntarily submitting himself to baptism is a self-emptying, a, a very humble act. Uh, the Greek word for this self-emptying uh, is kenosis, okay? Uh, it, it's a self-emptying, uh, uh, wanting to do fully and completely God's will. Think of the Our Father. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. This is why the Our Father is seen as the chief kenosis prayer. Kenosis, again, in the Greek, meaning self-emptying, okay? Not me, Lord, but you and only you. So baptizing in water is not only a sign of washing, right? Washing away of the original sin, but it's also a sign of death because of the submerging. We die to self. We're submerged. In fact, that submerging in the water shows forth the kenosis, does it not? A self-emptying, a, a going underneath, all right? Think of the words again of the Our Father, not my will, but thy will be done. The church teaches that through baptism, the Christian is sacramentally assimilated to Jesus, who in his own baptism anticipates his death and resurrection. The Christian also must enter into this mystery of humble self-abasement and repentance, go down into the water with Jesus in order to rise up with him, to be reborn of water and the Spirit so as to become the Father's beloved son or daughter in the Son and walk in the newness of life. That's right out of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 537. That beautiful paragraph, number 537. So a question for each one of us is, do I live a personal kenosis, a personal self-emptying in honor of my baptism, in honor of Christ's own kenosis, his own self-emptying, especially as a baptized Christian? Do I live a personal kenosis? Say, during meditation and prayer, do I bring this kenosis to our Lord and God? Have I made an honest list of things that I need to self-empty from? Good starting point, look at the seven capital sins, right? Jealousy, envy, anger, lust, etc. Start there. What can I start making a kenosis offering of, a self-emptying offering of? Jesus joins the people going out to John the Baptist in the gesture of repentance, not because there is any sin in him, there isn't, but in order to model for us the only authentic way to approach the Father. This is why I love paintings of Jesus being baptized with John the Baptist, where it's not just the two of them in the painting. You see a, a, a large group of people in the background because that was the reality. He went out to John to be baptized while others were also being baptized to set the example literally in front of the eyesight of those others. So the more complete paintings of the baptism of our Lord are those that show not only him and John together, and some of those are very beautiful too, don't get me wrong, the two cousins together, right? But the fuller picture in accord with Scripture and what Scripture tells us is that others were there. Again, Jesus joins the people going out to John the Baptist in the gesture of repentance, not because there is sin in him, there isn't, but in order to model for us the only authentic way to approach the Father. Jesus willed himself to be baptized, voluntarily setting an example for all mankind, the mankind which he came to redeem and to save. He also willed by example to show us the very way to be saved, that is, by receiving the gateway sacrament itself. Baptism is known as the gateway sacrament. Why? Because it's the first one to ordinarily be received before any of the other six sacraments can be received. Again, it's also one of the three sacraments of initiation, along with confirmation and Eucharist. And of course, there's two sacraments of union and mission, right? Uh, marriage, matrimony, and holy orders, and then two sacraments of healing, right? Confession and the anointing of the sick. So three sacraments of initiation, two sacraments of union and mission, and two sacraments of healing. Well, baptism as the gateway sacrament is one of the three sacraments of initiation. Also, the fact that 
again, he had the, the Father's words were said to Jesus. The Father willed that. And the Holy Spirit descended as though in the form of a dove. This is a Trinitarian event. Very, very powerful. This is truly, truly a Trinitarian event. The three divine persons are manifested. The Father in the voice, the Son in his divine personage, in his human nature manifested to the group that's present there, John the Baptist and the others, and also the Holy Spirit as the form of a dove. It's a Trinitarian event. All three divine persons are present. The Spirit who had hovered over the waters of the first creation in the book of Genesis descended then on the Christ as a prelude of the new creation, and the Father revealed Jesus as his beloved Son. And of great importance, too, is the fact that his baptism, again, I end now as I began, his baptism inaugurates his three years of public ministry. Fasten your seatbelt starting tomorrow with the Gospels, because it's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. In the shortest gospel of all four, only 16 chapters in Mark's gospel. And Mark wastes no time showing the divinity of Jesus through his miracles. I close with a fantastic quote from another church father, St. Proclus of Constantinople. You know, the church fathers loved this Trinitarian event of the baptism. And they wrote a lot about it. It's one of the events, one of the, the Christocentric events, where there's a, a plethora of writings from the early church fathers of the first eight centuries, the Christ event of his baptism. Listen to St. Proclus. He says this, At Christmas, we saw a weak baby giving proof of our own weakness. But in today's feast, the baptism of the Lord, we see a perfect man hinting at the perfect Son who proceeds from the all-perfect Father. Come then, consider this new and wonderful deluge that took place in the River Jordan. It's greater and more important a deluge than the flood of Noah's day. Then the water of the flood destroyed the human race. In the book of Genesis, we read. But now the water of baptism in the River Jordan has recalled the dead back to life by the power of the one who was baptized. In the days of the flood of Noah, the dove with an olive branch in its beak foreshadowed the fragrance of the good odor of Christ the Lord, letting Noah know that life was once beginning again and the waters were receding. But in today's feast, the dove is the Holy Spirit, coming also in the likeness of a dove, and he reveals the Lord of mercy. What a beautiful event today's feast is. It's one of the few feasts classified as a feast where we will recite the creed according to the rubric of the mass. Solemnities, like every Sunday, and solemnities that fall during the weekdays, like the Immaculate Conception and so forth, we obviously pray the creed. But on feasts, we normally do not. But today's feast, the rubric in the Roman Missal calls for the creed. So we will pray it now after this homily. So again, I hope to provide a, a little bit of a retreat for all of our listeners and viewers and those of you in person this week, the healing power of Jesus. And today's first talk of six in this homily, Jesus' baptism, his public ministry begins. That second epiphany following this one. His epiphany, his manifestation, his appearing as the God-man in adult form 
through his baptism, beginning with his baptism, inaugurating his three years of public ministry. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God bless you.